If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a one-time or reoccurring donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate tab in the menu. Donations made to Mayflower's Communications Fund are tax-deductible and help ensure that this podcast is available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City by the Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, senior minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie. Will you pray with me? We are handing out Bibles to our third graders this morning, Holy One, and we take this very seriously. It is, after all, a very dangerous book. It's a book for revolutionaries and good troublemakers. In Sunday school, we will teach them the art and science of studying the book, how the canon was put together, the redactions, the edits, the picking and choosing, the socio-historical context, its authors and ghostwriters and their agendas. We will help them trace the arc of the biblical narrative as it twists and turns, always and ultimately towards love. But none of that will prove to them that we take the Bible seriously. Our lives will. Our children will know we take the Bible seriously when they hear us give a gentle answer to turn away wrath. Our children will know we take the Bible seriously when we welcome the foreigner, the stranger, and the sojourner, just as God welcomes us. Our children will know we take the Bible seriously when we beat our AR-15s into plowshares and our Glocks into pruning hooks. Our children will know we take the Bible seriously when we study war no more, but do the things that make for peace. Help us to confess when we fall short, Holy One. Pick us up, dust us off, and remind us that there is nothing else to do but keep trying. And we must keep trying, for the children are watching and listening and learning. We pray in the name of Jesus, who showed us what love does. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verses 1 through 2 and 6 through 9. So now, Israel, give heed to the statutes and ordinances that I am teaching you to observe, so that you may live to enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors, is giving you. You must neither add anything to what I command you or take away anything from it, but keep the commandments of the Lord your God with which I am charging you. You must observe them diligently, for this will show your wisdom and discernment to the peoples who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, 
Surely this great nation is a wise and discerning people. For what other great nation has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is whenever when we call to God? And what other great nation has statutes and ordinances as just as this entire law that I am setting before you today? But take care and watch yourselves closely so as neither to forget the things that your eyes have seen nor to let them slip from your mind all the days of your life. Make them known to your children and your children's children. Here ends the reading inspired by our tradition. May God grant to us wisdom and courage for interpretation. I want to tell you a story. All of it is true, some of it actually happened. Once upon a time, there was a fifth grader whose nickname was Andy. Think of what you like to do when you were in fifth grade or what you might like to do once you are in fifth grade. That is Andy. They love to draw, listen to music, spend time outside, read, ride bikes, all the things. Andy also has a really good memory and likes to ask questions, lots of questions. After church and Sunday school one Sunday, Andy had lots of those questions. Grandma, in that story we heard in church, why was Moses the only one who spoke? Did people like what he had to say? Why didn't we hear how everyone responded? Who was there listening to Moses? Why is the law and those things so important anyway? Why is he talking so much about teaching the children and the children's children? Was it hard to be in charge? Why didn't Moses or God ask the kids if they had any ideas about how the community should operate? Those are some interesting questions. Did you ask your Sunday school teachers? We talked about it some. I know that Deuteronomy is part of the Torah or the first five books of the Bible. That is the part of the Bible that includes all the teachings and instructions for how the people are supposed to be in relationship with one another and with God. Moses was the one talking in that text, and Moses is a big deal throughout the Torah. Remind me why Moses is so important, prompted Grandma. Well, remember, Grandma, all the stories in the Bible happened a long, long time ago. They were first told orally before they were written down, so some of those details may have changed. Some of the stories were made up to begin with, some of the stories were to teach certain lessons, and some of the stories may have actually happened. All the stories tell important truths about people trying to be in relationship and in community with each other and with God. So in the book of Exodus, we meet an unnamed Hebrew baby boy who is saved by his sister Miriam, a basket woven from some reeds, and a risky river journey. That baby was drawn out of the water, named Moses because of that, and lived a fairly privileged life in Egypt as part of Pharaoh's household. But as Moses grew, he learned about and witnessed what was happening to the Hebrew people, his people, and how they were enslaved. Moses didn't like that and didn't know what to do. Then God talked to Moses via a burning bush. God told Moses to tell Pharaoh to let the people go. Pharaoh resisted, plagues happened, 
And Moses led the people out of Egypt into the wilderness where they wandered for 40 years. During which time, which is detailed in Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy, God talked to Moses some more, and they still didn't always agree. God gave Moses the Ten Commandments and the other laws for the people. Moses taught the people the laws. People argued and complained to Moses. Moses still led the people. And then Moses dies again at the end of Deuteronomy, just as the people enter the Promised Land. Grandma nodded. Whew, that's a good summary. Maybe you can teach that to my Sunday school class. Let's look up some more information about that story in Deuteronomy. There are lots of books and commentaries written about God and the stories in the Bible by Bible scholars and theologians. Those are people who study the Bible and who think about God. Those books explore the structure of the text, they look at the words and also the translations from Hebrew and Greek, the languages that the earliest manuscripts in which the Bible were written, and what was happening in the community or around that world when that story was told and then written, and why the authors may have told the story the way they did. Great idea! A little while later. Check this out, Grandma. This scholar, Ronald Clements, says that Deuteronomy is a book for the whole community and for everyone who cares about the Lord God, not simply a charter for leaders and officials. I think he's saying that Moses' teachings about God and the law are for everyone in the community. This isn't just for the people who are in positions of power, which during that time was typically the men in the community. By the way, Lori taught us a word for when men are in charge, patriarchy. It seems helpful that these teachings are for everyone in Moses' community. No one is left out or excluded. What does your commentary say, Grandma? I'm looking at the women's Bible commentary. Tikva Frymer-Kensky wrote this section, and she says that Deuteronomy's central lesson is the close relationship between Israel and God and the human responsibility for fidelity and social justice that entails. Deuteronomy shows a strong sense of social morality and a humane concern for societies underprivileged. So it seems being faithful to God isn't just about saying the right prayers or listening to someone preach and teach about God. Living out a faithful relationship with God is doing things that take care of other people. Hmm, reflected Andy. There are a lot of teachings about how to do that throughout the Torah. I remember there are instructions about how to loan money, how to harvest the crops while leaving some behind, how to honor or practice Sabbath, that time set apart, and that includes rest for land, animals, and people. There are also a lot of instructions about how to welcome and care for the stranger, widow, and orphan. Look here, Andy. Freimer Kensky says, having been oppressed, they need to guard against oppressing others. Deuteronomy sees history and memory as calls to action. Hey, Grandma. It's like Moses is reminding people to treat others the way you want to be treated. I wonder if teaching people, including those children and the children's children, might be important too because they need to live in such a way that shows love and respect for God by caring for others. Remember, Moses and the others spent 40 years in the wilderness. 
So the people Moses is speaking to are some of the people who don't have direct memories of life in Egypt and of being enslaved either. He wants to make sure the future members of the community continue to live in ways that love God and love each other. Those are some thoughtful reflections, Andy. I know we don't know exactly what everyone's response was or quite what Moses was thinking, but that is one of the beautiful things about telling stories. Our imaginations fill in details. I have another question for you, Grandma. How do you connect with God? Hmm, Grandma said, that is a big question. I know, answered Andy. It just seems like there are so many ways to connect with God. There are so many religions around the world. There are so many different churches and denominations. There are all those Bible scholars and theologians who have different books and ideas about God. Even at Mayflower, there are so many parts of a worship service and so many classes and groups. Everyone has different ideas. You are right, Grandma replied. What else do you notice about how other people connect with God? Well, Grandma, I see people connecting with God by connecting with each other and helping each other. While we did church online, I got to connect with other kids in my Sunday school class during the check-in and chats. We read poetry or books, and we just talked. You figured out Zoom and showed up for the online immigration vigil. You also showed up for your whiz kid, and you still log on for your Sunday school class where you all wrestle with other big questions. You said it was important to keep showing up, and you did. You still do. Do you remember that storm in February, Andy? It was so cold. You were a big help when we needed to make sandwiches for our friends at 363, Grandma reminded. We were busy and stayed connected even when we were physically apart. Those supply runs people did were also so helpful when I was sick and we were out of toilet paper. We also got to see more than each other's faces through a screen at times. It's been so good to get to see people during the scavenger hunt, amazing race, movie night, and at the different food truck gatherings. And since July, when we've been able to worship in person or online, I see people connecting with God by making the best choice for them, added Andy. People are protecting and caring for each other by still wearing masks and also using the sticker system for consent. At Straight Talk, we learned about consent and how important consent is in all parts of our lives. Speaking of bodies and keeping them healthy, we've also been able to connect with team, tie bags for that toiletry supply drive that you all brought supplies for, and fold more socks for our friends at the Homeless Alliance and with 363. Did you know that one Sunday morning in July during Kids and Community, we folded 129 pairs of socks? But do you know what I miss most right now about church, Grandma? What's that, Andy? I miss the donut holes. The donuts, <laughs> the donuts and that wonderful donut saint were always one of my yays during yays, nays, and okays. That box was really high on the counter, so I would need to stretch really high. 
In the interest of public health, I help keep other people healthy by only eating the donut holes I touched. It's not my fault. I would end up with seven. <laughs> we can get some donuts soon. What I hear you saying, Andy, is that you really enjoy being part of the community, getting to spend time with people, asking questions of folks, and doing things that help make the world a more just and loving place. You get it. Maybe if more adults spend more time listening to students like you, we might all learn something. You got it, Grandma. People in communities can challenge each other or even make each other angry sometimes, but people are there to support and carry the load for each other. Just like in that story, Moses reminded the people of the promises they made to God and that God made to them. They, like us, were figuring out how to be a community about to start the next part of their lives together. They were taking the elements that worked, adding reminders about why things were the way they were, and were even changing things. There were times they succeeded and times that they didn't, just as it is with us. It's okay we don't have all the answers to everything. We went 15 months without gathering for in-person worship. Even now, things aren't the same as they were in February 2019. We figured out how to practice warmth from a distance. We figured out ways to gather as safely as we could in person. We'd held, we've held off on doing other things. We've changed. We are changing. Things will change again. In the midst of these changes, important truths and values were and are still being revealed about us and our community. We love being together whether that is in person, online, or both. We love responding to calls to action, whether that is something happening locally or globally. But in the meantime, remember what this keychain I got today says. Be loved, be kind, be you. It's important that we all remember that we are loved. We all need to be kind, and we all need to be ourselves. Remember, Grandma, we don't have to be perfect to get it exactly right. Amen. Today at Mayflower, we are celebrating Children's Sunday, a Sunday where we recognize and celebrate learning and students of all ages. Today also marks some milestones for third and sixth graders in their faith formation journeys. We celebrate the kids of Mayflower, who they are, and the gifts and knowledge they share with the Mayflower community just by being themselves. In, th in Sunday school, they are getting to know one another, learning about the Bible and the world, and are hearing messages of love, grace, healing, and hope. As they are learning, the students are also teaching us what being in a community means. We are reminded as a congregation of the work we have to do to be the faithful people that we want our children to become. We've got a group of students that are infants through pre-K. They are pretty new to this community. To those babies through the pre-K big kids, as you journey through this next year, know that your Mayflower family is here celebrating and encouraging you. We are listening to you. We are learning from you. 
Keep teaching us to find the wonder in the world. Bring your questions, your love of songs that get stuck in our heads really easily, and your compassion to the world. May you be curious and kind, gentle and strong, brave and loving. Be loved, be kind, be you. We love you. We've got a group of students that range from being in kindergarten through fifth grade. To those kindergarten through fifth graders, as you journey through this next year, know that your Mayflower family is here celebrating and encouraging you. We are listening to you. We are learning from you. Keep encouraging us to create and spend time outside. Bring your questions, your love of pretzels and donut holes, and your compassion to the world. May you be curious and kind, gentle and strong, brave and loving. Be loved, be kind, be you. We love you. We've got a group of sixth through 12th graders and a group of sixth graders who are about to begin their time as members of the youth group. Ainsley, Emmett, Henry, Ian, Kit, Mallory, Milan, Owen, Roslyn, our sixth graders, and our youth group. As you begin this part of your faith formation journey, know that your Mayflower family is here celebrating and encouraging you. We are listening to you. We are learning from you. May you participate in youth group to your fullest extent. Laugh, ask questions, play games, eat food, and get to know everyone. Laugh some more. Bring your insights, questions, and appetites for knowledge and waffles. May you be curious and kind, gentle and strong, brave and loving. Be loved, be kind, be you. We love you. If you're in the third grade, would you please come forward and join Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie up at the communion table? As you make your way forward or down, I'm gonna read the first names of all the third graders who are receiving their Bibles this year from their Mayflower family. Abigail, Brooklyn, Camley, Chase, Evelyn, Luke, Oliver, Ryder, and Scarlett. We are so glad you all are here. We love you. Inside those Bibles you are about to receive, you will find happy stories, sad stories, and stories that are downright confusing. There are stories of people who looked for and who found God. There are stories of people who spoke out against unfairness and injustice. There are stories of people who worked for change. There are stories where people mess up and stories where people find love. There are the stories of Jesus who showed us how to live by loving every single other. And there are also stories about talking donkeys, dragons, witches, and stories about plenty of regular people just like you, Lori, me, everyone here today inside the sanctuary, and everyone watching online. Take those Bibles home and study them. It's okay to ask questions about it, 
to disagree with it, to try to do the things that are in it, and to love it. Your church family is here doing those same things, and we are here for you when you have those questions. We aren't perfect, but we try to get it right. We promise. Right, grown-ups? You are a part of this community, this community who's on the journey with you. Look for God within and around you. Open your eyes and your hearts to God's surprising ways. Know that you are deeply loved. May you all be curious and kind, gentle and strong, brave and loving. Be loved, be kind, be you. We love you. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Dr. Lori Walkie, Senior Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at www.mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are currently online only premiering at 11 a.m. on Mayflower's Facebook page. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street in Oklahoma City, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.